Happy Easter! Hey, today we are celebrating and we're commemorating the resurrection of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. So let's get excited. We are saved, we are forgiven, and uh, and the gates of heaven have been thrown open wide. Our relationship with God has been restored through the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So I'm glad to be able to celebrate this message with you today. And I'm excited just to share with you just who we are as a people of God and celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ with you today. Just some reminders. Jesus has made a way where there was no way for us. He has broken the power of sin off of our lives. He has forgiven and cleansed us of all our sin. He has purchased freedom for our souls and healing for our bodies. And Jesus has given us eternal life. If you're a believer in Jesus, today is a day for you to just celebrate your salvation and the love and the goodness that God has poured out into our lives. And we worship him and we thank him today for the awesome love that he has shown to us that we didn't deserve. The resurrection of Jesus changed everything, not just human history, it's changed everything for us. The door of life was opened to humanity once again. Eternal life was restored to us. Permanent forgiveness of sins through the shed blood of Jesus Christ came to us. Reconciliation with God. The chains of sin have been broken forever for all of us who are reaching out to Jesus and what he did for us at the cross. The shame of our sin has been swept away, right? The brokenness of our waywardness has been healed. Our sicknesses and diseases that were a cause of evil in our world, Christ has made a way for us to be healed and restored. And our depression has been replaced with joy. Our hopelessness with hope and our darkness with light. And ultimately, death has been swallowed up with life. Swallowed up with life for all believers in Jesus Christ. So the the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. That's what took place on Good Friday. And of course, the resurrection sealed God's sacrifice on our behalf. It was acceptable to him. And we received that reconciliation through Christ. I love uh, Isaiah chapter 53, just kind of reminding us of the story of Easter leading up to this moment. In this chapter, it's an amazing chapter. If you want to read the whole thing, Isaiah chapter 53. But I do want to read several verses. Let's just, let's just remember what Christ has done for us today. In verse 4, it says, Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, right? He was crushed for our iniquities, for my iniquity. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Verse 6 goes on to say, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord God has laid on him, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And who can speak of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, 
he was stricken. The prophet goes on to speak these words from the Lord as he says, Jesus was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Of course, he was on the cross with two criminals on both sides, but then he was assigned a, a tomb uh, of a, a, a rich man, right? And though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Verse 10, yet it was the Lord or God's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, he will see his offspring and prolong his days and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. There was a purpose to Jesus' sacrifice and you and I are that purpose. We are his offspring. Verse 11, after the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life. He will rise again is what he's saying and be satisfied. By the knowledge of him, my righteous servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquities. In other words, for those who know Jesus, those who come to accept Christ, he will justify us. He will forgive us. And, and he will take care of our iniquities. In verse 12, the final verse of this chapter. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great and he will divide the spoils with the strong because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. That's what Jesus did for us. Hallelujah. He took our place. He bore our sin and through him and through our faith in him, we are saved. We are healed for eternity. That's the power of the, of the death and the resurrection that validated all of these prophecies, that validated Jesus as the Son of God, the Messiah, who came for you and for me. The story continues, of course, through the scriptures that Jesus was buried after his death. And uh, on the third day, he rose again alive and he defeated death. He confirmed himself as the son of God. And Jesus, we, we read in the, in the scriptures, appeared to many people over the course of 40 days. And then he ascended into heaven in front of his disciples alive. And he is there now interceding for you and for me. And yet he then 10 days later sent the Holy Spirit who filled the believers uh, in the upper room. And the church was born on that day. That day is called the day of Pentecost. The church was born. The spirit of God came upon us and lives within us. And the gospel was released into all the world. And for the last couple of centuries or, or uh, for the last 2000 years, the gospel has been marching forward with signs and wonders and transformed lives. And I hope that you are one of those who have been transformed by this good news. And if you're watching today and you don't have a real relationship with Jesus, I'm going to give you an opportunity to start that today and let your heart, your life be transformed through what he did for you and what is still accessible to all who will call on his name. You see, over the last 2000 years, this good news has been passed down to us. There have been links to the chain of life, right, that Jesus has started. And now we are here. We carry this great salvation with us. We are those who have enjoyed this great salvation. We are of those who know this great Savior. And we are of those who carry the greatest message 
on the earth, the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who need to know, to a world that is lost and, and broken, a world of darkness and bondage, Jesus offers light and hope and freedom and life in his name. The church is approaching our 2000th year anniversary. Uh, some scholars believe that Jesus' death was around 30 to 36 AD. Of course, now we're enjoying the year 2021. So we're, we're close to 2000 years of the death of Christ and the power of the church is still here today. The power of what Jesus has done is still active today. And there are still lives being transformed. And that is the purpose of the church. You see, the message of the resurrection of Jesus has changed billions of lives throughout history. But it has also caused great conflict and wars and bloodshed. And that makes sense when you understand the big picture that there is a sworn enemy of God, right? Who is against God. Uh, who is against his kingdom and who is against his people, the church. And you and I and every person on planet Earth are in, under one of two different lords. We are either under the lordship of Jesus and experiencing resurrection life, or we are under the sway of the prince of the world that we know is the enemy, right? The devil or Satan. There is no middle ground. You see, some people... Uh, don't understand it. They think that it's just lots of different choices. But if you're not under the lordship of Jesus, you are under the sway of the devil. Well, if we go back to the Garden of Eden, which I've been talking about a lot lately in our messages, the original sin of mankind wasn't to bow down and worship the devil. It wasn't to bow down and worship Satan or the serpent. In fact, the serpent's temptation to us was, you don't need God. You can be your own God, right? And so the original sin really was independence. It was self-rule. It was you and I saying to God, I, I don't need you. I'm going to do it my way. And so we are either under the lordship of Jesus experiencing life, or we are under the curse of death because of our independence, our pride, you know, our self-rule, which is really we're being deceived under the sway of the prince of this world. And so who is your Lord today? This is what uh, Jesus said to us. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. This is out of John chapter 11, 25 and 26. The one who believes in me will live. The one who abides, trusts in, follows me, right? The one who has a relationship with me, trusts in me, will live, will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? That in Christ you have eternal life and that he will bring to life. He didn't just, uh, wasn't just raised from the dead. He wants to raise us from the dead, right? Physically, metaphorically, spiritually. He wants us to come alive. And so many people are walking like dead zombies, you know, uh, throughout life. And we're really not alive. Now, we might breathe, breathe and eat a little bit here and there and sleep and do some work and stuff like that. But you know what I'm saying? On the inside, we're dead. We're dead. So many people are dead. And God came that we might have life and have it to the full. Jesus also said this in John chapter 6, 32 to 35. He's talked to a huge crowd of people. And he says, very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. 
For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Gives life to the world. And they said, sir, always give us this bread. We want this bread. We want this. Give it to us, Lord. Give it to us, Jesus. And he declared, I am the bread of life. Wow. I mean, he said, I am the bread of life. It's me. I'm right here. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Now, I'm not talking about like religion here. Our souls hunger and thirst for God, right? But I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a real relationship with Jesus. Jesus is saying, I, I, I'm inviting you to come to me, to taste of me, to have a relationship with me. And if you do that, you will find something called life, <laughs> life, real life. It's going to penetrate you and you will never hunger or thirst again. Your soul will be satisfied in a relationship with Jesus, a real relationship, not a religion. The reason why I stress that is because Jesus had to talk to the religious people of his day too and straighten them out because they were going off track. He said this in John chapter 5, 39 to 40. He said to this religious crowd, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. So you're doing these religious things. You're, you're trying to follow a religion. You're doing these things because you think that by doing these things, somehow you're going to earn uh, a way to heaven or you're going to earn God's pardon. Or um, it's that through your self-righteousness, your deeds that you can qualify but he said to them, you're wrong. He says, these are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me, listen to this, to have life. So Jesus is, is saying, uh, all of this stuff is really to bring you to a relationship to me. But you guys are refusing to come to me to actually find life. The religion doesn't give you that life. Everything in the Bible, everything that we do in churches and things like that, it's not meant to be an end in, its, in itself. It's meant to draw us into a real personal relationship with the bread of heaven that gives life to us, that satisfies our hunger and satisfies our thirst. Only Jesus can do that. The Bible is not a rule book. You guys hear me say this a lot. It's a life book. It's actually a relationship book. And everything in here, the purpose is to help us discover a real relationship with God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. The purpose of the church is not to perpetuate a religion. You know, it's not to uh, get you to comply to some rules or to make you feel guilty or not good enough or to manipulate people, right? To, to follow uh, some kind of religious organization. We are the church. The true church is people who love God, who are in a real relationship with God, in a real relationship with one another, who were growing to become more like Jesus, and we're being filled with his life to the point where we overflow this life with the combination of the gospel, the message to a lost and broken world that there is life through Jesus Christ, who paid for our sin, who can save us from our misery, who can change our depression into joy, who can heal us spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. This is the message. This is the true church. It's people 
right? Having a real relationship with God, being filled with that life and overflowing. Jesus put it this way. He said, God so loved the world, John 3, 16, that he gave his one and only son. He's kind of talking about himself here, but he's saying this so that people will get it, that whoever believes in him or in me would not perish, but have eternal life. Do you believe? Do you trust in Jesus today? Not a religion. Do you trust in Jesus? Not, don't just say, ah, yeah, I'm a Christian. I don't, that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. I go to this church. I'm from this denomination. That's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying, do you know Jesus? Do you have a real relationship with God? Because that's our only hope. And that is a sure hope in him. Jesus said this in John 3, 36, whoever believes, whoever trusts in, whoever knows the Son has eternal life. Whoever rejects the Son will not see life for God's wrath remains on them. The sin is not cleansed from us until we have a Savior who would do that on our behalf. And so Jesus said, one of my favorite scriptures, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life right? I am the life. No one gets to the Father except through me, except through this relationship with me. It's so easy to fall into the trap of religion and to miss the relationship that Jesus offers us. Religion seems like to me to focus on uh, like the future destination of eternity. Like how do I get to heaven? What are the rules, right? How do I make sure that I end up in the right place? And so all of the pressure of religion seems to be on us to comply or to follow the rules. And it's like, we better do this, we better not do that, or else, or else, or else we're disqualified from heaven. It seems that religion constantly reminds us that we're not good enough and we need to do better, right? That there's constant shaming, striving, comparing, judging, environment, you know, of those who are uh, hyper-religious and religion is their, is their God, if you will. Can, I don't know if you can relate to what I'm saying. Can anybody relate to this? Ever feel that, that, that pressure, that guilt, that shame, that never good enough, that I got to do better? If you felt that before, I, I hope this message gives you some hope that that wasn't Jesus's intent. He didn't come to give us a religion. He didn't come to, you know, Make sure everyone's following the rules and behaving the way that God wants you to behave. Um, that kind of stuff would take care of itself if you know Jesus. Because Jesus came to give us of himself. Right? And it's not about, and, and the re reason I say this is because when Jesus taught us to pray, it's not just about us getting to heaven. Like, okay, what do I need to do to get to heaven? That's not really what Jesus' message was about. Jesus' message really was about heaven getting here to us right now, like changing our life today. So he taught us, he said, this is how we want you to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like I hear Jesus saying, pray this way. God, bring heaven to my life right now, to my marriage, to my finances, to my body, to my family, to my life. Revive me, let your life come, let your will be done right here, right now. That's real life. And that's what Jesus offers to each and every one of us. A real life. More, Jesus taught more 
about the quality of life that we can have in him now than he did about eternity. I'm not downplaying eternity at all. I'm just saying that's not the whole point. The whole point is that you and I begin to experience this real life right now in him. Jesus came to give us real life. He didn't come to create the religion called Christianity. He came to make sure that each and every one of us could be reconciled to God, could know God, could know his love, could experience his love, and would be with him forever. And it doesn't, you don't have to wait until you die to experience heaven. Jesus wants heaven on earth in you right now. God loves you and he wants to be with you forever in a relationship. God wants you to trust in him, to know him, to discover that everything that your soul craves and that everything you desire, everything that you need is found in him. This is what this church is all about. Real life, not a religious life, not a fake life, you know, not a life, uh, you know, that, that, that uh, is empty, but a life that is full in Jesus. One of my all-time favorite verses in the Bible. In fact, I think it's the first verse that I ever memorized. And I, I remember working on this verse when I was a little kid. And it is John 10, 10. And I'm going to read part of it to you in three different translations. The New American Standard says, The thief comes only to steal and rob and kill. But I have come that they may have life to abundance, right? Life and have it abundantly, abundantly. And the NIV, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And then I like this one too. This is called the complete Jewish Bible translation. And it says, I have come so that they may have life, life in its fullest measure. And this has been my lifelong pursuit to experience this life that Jesus came to give me and to give you. Life abundant, life to the full, life in its fullest measure. And it reminds me of the words of Paul in Philippians chapter 3. He said this in uh, verse 8. He says, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ or knowing Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I might gain Jesus, more of Jesus and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. Paul is saying not having this fake religion, right? Or this self-righteous religious attitude, but that which is through faith in Christ. My salvation is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. And he goes on to say, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of the, uh, of the sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Paul says in verse 12, not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. That's my dream. That's my pursuit uh, for myself and for you, that each and every one of us would be able to take hold of this life for which Jesus made possible for us. For, for his sacrifice wasn't just to get us to eternity, but it was for now that we might experience this full life, this abundant life, this real life in him. And so Paul says, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what is ahead, I press on toward the goal 
to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And I want to encourage you today to continue to press on for all that God has been pressed to the cross for, for your sake. And that is freedom. That is healing. That is life, life abundant, real life in him. I look around this world and I see a lot of posers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people who are projecting themselves that they have this great life, right? We look on Facebook, we see all the pictures, all the highlights on social media, and we see people pursuing power, strutting around, you know, with new things, possessions, and the, just a shameless pursuit of pleasure. But there's so much of that is fake. So much of it is just not real. If we could peel back the face masks, you know, not just the face masks that we're wearing, but the, the face masks that we put on. If we could get beneath the pictures of, of Facebook and the happiness that we project to one another and look into the soul of each individual. If we could find the true condition of their heart and the words that they're speaking to themselves on the inside to see what is really going on in their life. What do you think we would see? What would we hear? You know, I think we would see a lot of fear, a lot of hurt, insecurities. I think we would see some broken hearts, um, some shattered dreams. I think we'd see a lot of confusion, a lot of questions, some bondage, you know, some brokenness, some darkness. You know, because we're really good at hiding all that stuff, but it's there. And... The problem with all that is most people don't know what to do about it. I don't want that fake life. It's empty. And I don't think you want it either. In fact, I'd, I'd say the truth is nobody wants that. But here's the problem. Most people don't know there's an alternative. That's why we're here. That's why the church is still here on planet Earth. Because there is an alternative there is a hope where there doesn't seem like there's any hope, right? There is light where all we see is darkness. There is truth when we're under a bunch of lies. And there is life when we're, when we're suffocating in death. And it is real life in Jesus. Religion doesn't do that for you. The world doesn't do that for you. But Jesus will do that for you. He has real life for you and for me. Real life is not about being religious, but about having real relationships with God and with one another. Real life is not faking or hiding, you know, or even posturing some kind of an image to people around us. It's really about being authentic and honest and real with yourself, with God, and with one another. About being real. And real life is not about being perfect like a lot of religious activity is focused on. It's more about the journey of growing into Jesus, right? The focus is on this relationship with Jesus and Jesus works those things out in us. The focus of a real life isn't about being perfect. It's about knowing the one who is and letting him do the work to complete it in us. Real life is found in Jesus and only in Jesus and it is the journey that Jesus personally invites each and every one of us to experience with him. A life that is increasingly accessing the redemption and the restoration and the resurrection power 
for us to be fully alive by faith in him. This real life that I'm talking about is an abundant life, like Jesus said in John 10, 10. It consists of this authentic, real relationship with God and one another, of finding freedom from our hurts, our hangups, our habits, our pain, of a compelling and exciting purpose, and of living a life to make a difference, to having that conviction to make a difference with who we are. So if you want to know God and find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference, then you're in the right place. This is real life. And starting today and moving forward into the next generation of our church experience together, we are now going to be called, instead of the Lamb of God Fellowship, we are going to be called Real Life. Real Life. Why? Because this is the message that we are offering to this world. We want to better connect to those around us and our friends, our neighbors, and anyone who's watching these messages, that there is an alternative to the kind of life that most people are experiencing right now. That you can live a better story if you will connect to Jesus. He is the source of truth. He's the source of hope. He is the source of real life. We want to get that message out to everybody with the days that we have here on earth, that there is a message that compels us to move forward. And we don't want it just to be a message. We want it to be who we are. I want to invite you to experience real life with me together as a spiritual family and to become so contagious with that real life that it spills out to others that this isn't a gimmick or just a phrase. This is who we are. And this is the reality of believers in Jesus Christ. Those who have this real relationship with Jesus, we come alive and we overspill that life to those around us. And this is the hope and this is the message and the invitation that we extend to all that we can get to. There is a real God. We're just real people. But this real God loving us in the way he does produces a real life, real life in us. And so a life of freedom, a life of purpose and a life that can make a difference with God in us, flowing through us to those around us. That's the message of this church. In the next several weeks, we're going to go on a journey, spend some time answering four questions that most people have about their life and about this message. Number one, how do I know God? Number two, we're going to look at how do I find this freedom? Number three, well, what is my purpose? And finally, what we all really want is how do I make a difference? So we're going to be looking at these, uh, these, uh, these questions and answering these questions in the next couple of weeks. And I invite you to go on this journey with us as we experience real life together. But this life begins with a decision, an individual decision to choose Jesus as Lord. My vision for the future of our church is to experience such real life together in such a profound way that we really become contagious with life to those around us. Would you like to be a part of a spiritual family who has a vibrant relationship with God, who's alive in Him, and, and a family who is growing in freedom and becoming more like Jesus and getting rid of the crud of this world and being transformed by His power? And to have a conviction of purpose um, that, that you live your life in such a way that makes a difference, that's who we are. 
If you want to go on this journey with us, I invite you to start with step one, and that is to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I'm asking you to come to Jesus, not to a religion, but to know God, not to know about him. And by opening your heart today and crying out from the depths of your soul and saying, God, I need you. I want you. I, pl I trust in you. I, I turn my life over to you. You will begin to experience this real life right here and right now. Before we pray, I want to lead you in a prayer to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want you to hear these words from Jesus himself in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Jesus said this, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, my teaching, my way, and you will learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus wants you to know him, to follow him, to abide in him, that you might have life and have it to the full. Have real life in him. If that's your desire, to surrender your heart to him, right now pray this prayer with me in your heart. Let's pray this together. Say, Lord Jesus, today is Resurrection Sunday, and I believe that you lived and you died for my sin, and God raised you on the third day, validating that you are the Son of God, and that through faith in you, I now can be forgiven of all my sins. And I can come home. I can come back to God. Instead of leading life on my own, I come to you, Jesus, under your lordship. I surrender my life to you and pray that you resurrect me on the inside. That you swallow up the hurt and the pain and the brokenness and the darkness that I have been walking with. And you give me this real life today in you, that your spirit will come upon me, fill me and flood me with your love and your truth and your freedom. I'm all yours. I'm all yours, Jesus. Thank you for loving me, forgiving me and rescuing me today. And now, Lord, let me experience this abundant life, this real life that you came to give me. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, may God continue to just flood you with his love and his truth and his freedom today and throughout this week and stay with us. Keep growing and, uh, and keep coming to these messages or come to church if you can uh, when you're safe and, and you're ready to come back so that you can keep growing in this relationship with Jesus. Join us on this journey as we experience this real life together. Stick with me. I want to show you something in just a second, a little surprise I want to show you. Okay, everybody, before we go, I just wanted to show you our new logo, just so you could kind of get excited with all of us. So are you ready? Yay! There it is, real life. And uh, we do have uh, some shirts that we just made up that you can get at the church if you guys are interested. Um, a $5 donation. If not, just consider a free gift from us to you. So stop on by, get your shirt. We got four different styles for you to choose from. And also, I want to show you real quick our logo. So right now on the screen, hopefully you can see this really cool logo. And what you're looking at is a leaf. And this leaf symbolizes life life. 
and that there's growth going on. And so we believe that we are offering life to people, that there's a process of us growing and coming alive. And you'll also notice kind of the, the, the veins of the leaf are going up and to the right. And that's what every economist wants to see because that means you are getting better, right? You're making money. But this is all about us growing. Moving up and to the right means that the best is yet to come for each and every one of us. And we believe that we are on a journey together of growing and becoming more and more like Jesus. And the leaf is also open. Because for us to grow, we need to continue to be open to everything that God wants to pour into our lives. So this is both a personal and individual, as well as a corporate openness. We need to be open individually to grow and to hunger for all that God has for us. But also we need to be open to all those that God is calling to be a part of this journey with us. So we are open Come as you are, because Jesus is the only one who can change us anyway. Can I get an amen from somebody? And then if you look at the, the words real life, you'll see that the word life is in bold. Because that is our main message to this world, that there is life in Jesus. And it's real. It's authentic. You can be honest and real with God and with people. You can find real answers to the hurts and the troubles that we face in this world and the things that we've been through. And so that's bolded on purpose because we want people to see life right away because that is our main message. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life and the life. And finally, just the other thing I'll say real quick is the tagline underneath our logo is live a better story. Can't we all relate to that desire that we would be able to live a better story? And we are convinced that living a better story is through knowing and becoming more like Jesus together. So we want to invite everyone to live a better story. Jesus is our better story. And we want them to discover all that he has done for us and all that he can do in us and through us. So before I let you go, some people are wondering, why are you guys changing your name? And really, it comes down to this. We're not changing our vision. Our vision is bigger than ever. We're not changing our values. This is who we are. But we feel changing this name gives us a better capacity to communicate to the world the gospel of life that Jesus has come to offer us. So it's just a tool for us to better communicate and connect with those who are struggling in this world, who are struggling with that religiousness or that brokenness or that empty life, and to see that there is something here that intrigues them, that they need, and that something is real life and that is found through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. I hope that you're with us. I hope you're excited as, as excited as I am because God has a great future for us and the best is yet to come. And now before I go, I want to bless you as I always do with the Lord's blessing, okay? And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace in his name. May you enjoy this Resurrection Sunday with your family and friends. And may resurrection life continue to flow to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Happy Easter, everyone.